yes, this speaks to me like on so many levels and in a very instinctual, intuitive way that yes. I just loved. Hey, you're listening to the Creative Pep Talk Podcast. This show is about commercial art, making a good living and making great art. Is it even possible? Let's figure that out together. Uh, I'm your host, Andy J. Pizza. You can find my work at Andy J. Pizza on Instagram. Thanks to our syndicate, Illustration Age. You can find this show at illustrationage.com slash creative pep talk. Let's get into the show. I really needed to rehaul my website. I was talking to some web people, looking around, and I got intrigued by Squarespace's new fluid engine, partially because it just sounds cool, but also because it allows you to drag and resize and layer up anything you can imagine. I dove in, rebuilt my site. It's the most me site that I've ever had. I just absolutely love it. Launched it. Got such a great response. Some industry illustration and designy peers even reached out and was like, hey, who coded this thing, man? I'm like, y'all, I did it by myself. No coding with Squarespace's new Fluid Engine. I told him like, you should go check it out. You're gonna be surprised with what you can do. And I built this thing before Squarespace reached out to sponsor the show. So I was like, boom, easy peasy. I was gonna tell you about this new site. Anyway, go check it out, anyjpizza.com if you wanna see what I did with it. If you want to try it yourself, make a site that's totally you where you can build a portfolio, sell content and courses and all kinds of other stuff, head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain with promo code PEPTALK, all one word, all uppercase. This episode is supported by In The Making, an original podcast brought to you by Adobe Express, the all-in-one content creation app included in your Creative Cloud membership. If you are trying to boost the YouTube, TikTok, Reels content side of what you're doing, one episode of In The Making that I think will be super useful to you is their episode with John Yushai. I think John's method for including his audience in the process is really inspiring. And if you want to hear about that and more about leveling up your game in the creator economy, just search In The Making in your podcast player to listen. Many thanks to In The Making and Adobe Express for their support. Yo, we got a big interview on the show today. My friend Yao Chang comes into the creative pep talk universe for a fantastic interview. I talked to her about all kinds of great stuff. Her work is phenomenal. If you're unfamiliar, you are going to eat it up. It is gorgeous watercolor work. Uh, Super, super tasty. Yao and I are actually going to be speaking at the Midwest Craft Con, February 10th to the 12th. Go get your tickets. They hooked you up with a 20% off. 20%. That's incredibly generous. Just enter the code PEP, P-E-P, and you will uh, get that. If you're in the area, you're in the Midwest, come meet me. Come listen to me talk. You won't be disappointed. I'm sure it's going to be a phenomenal time. Thank you so much, Midwest Craft Con. Okay, so one last reminder that if you love the Creative Pep Talk podcast and you need more pizza in your life, not actual pizza, but Dr. Pizza, (laughs) uh, you can take the MFBA class. Well, you can apply. There's 10 spots. We already have tons of applications, but the deadline is this Friday at midnight. Uh, January 27th at midnight. Get your application in. Don't forget. Don't be late. Uh, I'm pretty strict on these deadlines, so get it in. Um, MFBA is the Master of Fine Business Arts. The idea is if you want to take your creative career to the next level, if you feel like, you know, you've worked really hard on your portfolio and you just need a breakthrough either in your creative voice, your artistic voice, it doesn't feel as unique as you think it should be. You need outside perspective and collaboration um, in terms of coming up with where to take your work if you need to position it differently in the market, if you need to break into a new market. If you need that 
big leap, that accelerated growth, uh, this class is for you. We do video classes, you get feedback from the other students, we get guest feedback, and I will uh, be speaking directly with you on a regular basis to try to help you take it to the next level. Um, the first 10 that I did last semester, it went incredible. You can check out all their testimonials on the site. Go to creativepeptalk.com slash MFBA and uh, you can find out more there. Thanks to all those that already signed up. I can't wait to get started. We're going to start early February. Boom, baby. Go check it out. Let's get into the interview with Yao Cheng. You're going to love it. You know, I'm a massive fan of your work. Uh, I, I think it's fantastic. I love that. I feel like every image feels like it's getting ready to move. Yeah. Oh, that's a really like good way motion. to. Yeah. That's a really good way to describe it. Is that on purpose? No, but it's intuitive probably something on the intuitive side yeah I like it just feels like uh, it almost I know that they're actual watercolors that are finished but it almost feels like uh, a photograph of a moment in where the colors are bleeding and uh, yeah I yeah. love that about it well it's so much more about the process mm. I wanted to ask you about that actually product I mean it is about the finished product we strive to make a beautiful finished piece mm -hmm. or product but for me what I love about watercolor what I always try and capture is the fleeting moments of actually painting mm -hmm. I always think of my watercolors as a photograph of that specific moment it's like I'm trying to archive it in a photo photograph way but in a very abstract yeah way that was a very vague way of describing it but <laughs> um but it's what you said, like, it's, it's about trying to capture, like, that intuitive, impromptu moment of when I'm painting and I'm seeing everything bleed, and it's mm. like, yes, mm. I want to show people that. Yes, and I think it does that exactly, because yeah. when I look at it, I always think, it reminds me of yeah. doing watercolor. Yeah. Uh, and I wanted to know, I wanted to have you actually describe what it was like when you were in the zone painting? Like, what does um, it look like? What do you, where oh are you at? Oh my God, what, what does it look like? Mary, I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, one, I have no idea what's going on around me. Yeah. Um, do you do I headphones? Usually have music, yes. Yeah. Music. Music is a big part. What do you listen to? The painting. Um, it's been a long time since maternity leave has really like put a gap into my process. Mm. But... Who was I listening to before? I don't know. I listened to a lot of... I'll have to look this up. Um, but music with, like, very strong, distinct beats. Mm. Because I like to get into the rhythm of what I'm listening to, and it helps... Like motion, inform, like it's... Yeah, it helps inform me mm. of um, the tempo, mm. of how what I'm painting, how I'm painting it. Yeah. Um, I like paint really quickly. Groove, like a yeah. DJ yes. painting. Yeah. Yes! No, I know what you mean. Um... I know this feeling. Oh, it's such a great feeling. Yeah. When you're like really sucked into it and mm -hmm. you like kind of, I kind of fall into that world. I mean, I've been painting watercolor for years, but I still love it just yeah. as much as I did the first time. I really do. I mean, it sounds corny, but I really do. No, it's, it's just, it's so cool. It's such yeah. a fluid medium and you can do so many different things. Mm. And um, I think just being creative in general, I just, I love falling into that world and kind of getting lost in it, but um, there's paintings everywhere, yeah. like on the floor, yeah. on the tables. I have multiple tables, but it, I inevitably end up using all of them, <laughs> and it's just piled yeah. with half-finished paintings, um, paintings that I do like three, four versions of, mm. which happens a lot with my art prints end up painting like multiple versions of it. Do you, are you using everything you're making or is there a lot of like experiments that don't get used? A lot of it does not get used. Yeah. So you're just kind of intuitively making things yeah. and seeing yeah, because like I connections. Don't, yeah, yeah, it's, I think a large part, it's because I don't sketch mm. with pen and paper 
or pencil and paper. It's just right. part of my process. Impromptu. Yes. Making. Yeah. yeah. I'm just, I want to jump right into brush mm. and paints. Um, because, especially with watercolor, it's such a hard medium to depict in black and white pencil. Yeah. Because a lot of the characters of it comes with the blends and the bleeds. Mm. You just cannot depict it. And so whenever I send it to clients, I'm always like, this is not, it's when just for layout. send sketches. Right. Yeah. When I do client work, it's like, okay, I'm sending you sketches, but it's going to look very different. Um, but so because I don't sketch with pen and paper, I end up doing sketches in watercolor. And it's also a, also a really great way to... Um, force myself to not put so much expectation mm -hmm. on the finished painting yeah. because it could very well be version one of five. Mm. So I don't need to sit in front of a white piece of paper and think this has to be like the finished thing and it has to be perfect. And I think when you put so much expectation on something, it doesn't take you to places that are as unexpected mm. and those are usually the ones that turn out to be the best pieces. Yeah. Or the I ones that I'm like, I don't really know where this is going to go, but let's just see what happens. And mm -hmm. if I end up painting this three times, that's okay. That's amazing because yeah. when I look at your work, I, that's kind of what I assumed was happening, was you would be, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're making a lot of stuff and you're uh, following the rabbit trail of new things that are happening mm -hmm. and then exploring that again and trying it again because yeah. I the thing I really like about your work is that it ha the watercolor uh, aspect and the aspect of it being fluid and uh, I, I don't know everything blending that mm -hmm. always is there but I'm always kind of blown away by the different ways that you approach that same thing when I, and I always think, man, the only way I can imagine you coming up with that idea is through just happenstance, trying all kinds of different things. Mm -hmm. I really like the one on your website right now where it's like circles, perfect circles that are yeah. bleeding into each other. Yeah, those are awesome. Uh, so good. I love them. Yeah, I mean, They're yeah. so simple. And it's like I was trying to simplify. It wasn't about the shapes. Mm -hmm. It was about what was happening inside the shapes. Mm -hmm. And it's like the best characteristic of watercolors and medium and mm -hmm. really wanted to just showcase that. Yes. And they're so fun to do. Do you feel like it's a meditative process? It's so meditative. Yeah. Yeah. And does it feel, you know, I think... Uh, it really is, yeah. I know that you, based on listening to the other podcast mm -hmm. you've been on, that you originally wanted to go into fine art. Yeah. But do you feel like when you're doing, because I know you, you're, they, these all have commercial applications, mm -hmm. but while you're making it, mm -hmm. does it feel like a meaningful experience to you? That's a hard question to answer because I'm thinking of a lot of different things um, to try and answer That's that question. Um. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I think of them as fine art paintings, like mm -hmm. in a gallery, because I don't put so much... There are a few that I love, and I absolutely treasure them for certain sentimental reasons, but for the most part, because I don't spend weeks and weeks making a painting, mm -hmm. I'm not as tied to any one painting. Yeah. So they don't, they don't feel really near and dear to me um, in some ways. In other ways, I love what's happening in some of the paintings. I'm really proud of the work that I do, but I don't know. I think, yeah, I think it's just that I don't, because I don't spend so much time on it that it's also okay that they have commercial applications mm -hmm. and I'm kind of done with it when I'm done with it. Mm. Um, Art prints is definitely, especially landscapes, is definitely the one opportunity where I really do see them more as fine art um, than other pieces. Mm. Like, and it depends on what I'm painting things for. So if I'm if I'm painting three pieces for a new art prints, then I will try and make them into finished paintings. But in other cases where it's for a product, like that we turn into a pattern, or if it's a wedding stationery. Um, I will actually not even paint a finished one composition layout. It mm. might be like 
different clusters that later get assembled just because of due to the nature of yeah. what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. So. But do you feel like, so even if you, because I think what you're saying is like the final product maybe doesn't feel like fine art to you, but yeah. does the experience of making it feel similar? Like when you're making it, do you feel like you're making something meaningful to you? Like, you know, yeah, well, yeah, that, yeah, okay. I do. Yeah. I mean, I think that's what art is about. True. Right? But I, you know, I think there's a lot of illustrators and uh, designers that don't feel like that. But for me, and the reason I ask you that is because when I look at something like that uh, circle print, mm -hmm. for me, I instantly attribute all kinds of meaning to the way that things are blending and, and yeah. there's a, there's symbolism and things happening. Yeah. And I just imagine as you're doing it, that it must feel very visceral and like, yeah, in like those terms, yeah. yes, I do feel very, I have a very physical, emotional reaction mm. to the work that I do. And that's why I love what I do and I continue doing it. I don't think every painting has all these layers of philosophical meaning yeah. and whatever imposed onto them because it might just be like a moment or a feeling I want to capture. And mm -hmm. that's just what it is. And it's very honest in that way. And I try and always approach my work in a very honest manner. So mm -hmm. it's never, I'm never trying to like be something or paint like someone or I'm always just going off of what I want and mm -hmm. what I'm excited about. But yeah, I mean, some things have more levels of meaning than others. Um, it just, it just depends. Yeah. It just depends. I just like it because I think <laughs> there's a... Uh, but it always makes me happy. Yeah. It always brings me joy. And I think that's so important. Yes. To people who um, want to make art or are, are artists, but they feel like certain... Um, in certain industries or like people in fine art galleries may judge your work in one way versus an illustrator or... I don't know. Or... Mm. It's yeah, just, I, know. I know what you mean. But I think in the end, it doesn't matter. No. Because as long as you love what you do, yes, then that's all that matters. And that's <laughs> what fascinates me about your work, and that's what's so inspiring, and also something I always push uh, the people I work with, the, the creative people, the students, and everything, is yeah. like, don't get hung up on the end result. Yeah. Focus on when you're in the process, mm -hmm. you're enjoying it, yes. it's giving you life, you're excited about it. And I feel like you've done such a perfect job of finding Thanks. the sweet spot of like while you're making you feel creative you feel that cathartic experience of making stuff mm -hmm. but you framed it in a way where it's commercially viable and yeah. it can pay your bills and stuff like that yeah exactly and to be honest from the beginning that was a very it's very vague because I can't really define myself mm in one area or the other. Yeah. Like, I can't say I'm a graphic designer and I'm not an illustrator and mm -hmm. I'm not a fine artist. Yeah. I'm kind of a mix of True, all these yeah. things. Yeah, definitely, yeah. And in the beginning, it was really scary because mm. I never really knew how to sell my work to clients. Like, yes. this is what I do. I can't really describe what I yeah. do because yeah. I do a little bit of everything. Um, but yeah, it has become like a sweet spot and it's nice to be able to have certain areas be commercially um, available to people. And also that means that more people get to enjoy it than mm -hmm. just a gallery space. Yeah. Um, but, and it pays the bills and then it helps um, pay for me to do other projects that maybe are less financially viable, but something that I'm more passionate about or... Yeah. I don't know. There's like, there's different facets to it. Mm -hmm. And the years, the more years that I've come to building this business, the more I'm figuring out what the purpose of having different uh, facets of my business mean to me and yeah. how it's helped me, helping me grow as mm -hmm. a business and be sustainable. You said uh, when, I wanna, yeah. I'd like to come back to that, but I don't want to miss this thing of early on, I wonder if knowing that you didn't fit into any category, did yeah. that make you uneasy? Like in college and I don't know, even in work early on where you felt like, I don't feel like a graphic designer. I don't feel like an illustrator. I don't know yeah. where this is. So for me, it's like I had a lot of those things where it was, I always felt like everything I was doing felt like an act of faith of like, 
this is going to take me somewhere I don't understand. Did it feel like that early on where you didn't click with the mindset of any particular market? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, it was very scary. I mean, starting a small business is scary. True. Um, but, yes, I went on the faith that this is what I love to do, and this is honestly the work that I do. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not trying to be a graphic designer. Yeah. Or like a full on illustrator. This is just the work that I do and what I'm passionate about. And I hope that other people um, can feel the same way about what I do. Mm. That's the only thing I can do. And so I kind of just went off of that. But yeah, it's very risky. But it was it was a very (laughs) instinctual move. I mean, I wouldn't know how to do it any other way, though. Like. It's not like you had a bunch of other options, but I just, yeah. I think early on for me, I, I think finding yeah. your way yeah. when you don't, some people just are graphic designers. Right. That's know? true. Yeah. And it's very easy to define, okay, this is what I'm going to do. Yes. Um, I knew, I didn't know the area, but I knew the, I knew the medium right. and I knew the product to start with. I knew that. That was the breakthrough for you. Yeah. watercolor. Watercolor. Yeah. I was like, yes, this mm-hmm. speaks to me, like on so many levels and in a very instinctual, intuitive way that yes. I just loved. So I knew it was going to be watercolor. I had a pretty good idea um, it was going to be art prints. Mm-hmm. Actually, it didn't start with art prints. Um, it started with Pasanki eggs, which is really funny. What Looking is, back, Pasanki eggs is a traditional Ukrainian... Um, what would you call it? A Ukrainian yeah. technique of painting eggs. Yeah during Easter time, and it's um, a combination of painting and making patterns with painting with wax, Uh um, and then dipping in different colors of dye. And so then the end picture is this really beautiful painted egg in colorful patterns. Mm -hmm. So I thought it was going to be that, but then um, that wasn't received very well at craft shows, and it it just took too long. It was too time-intensive, and I couldn't charge enough for it. Um, But, so I went back to... um, what I love, I asked myself what I loved most um, about what I was doing, and it was, it always came back to painting. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, what's the most straightforward and honest and direct way of showcasing that? Well, art prints. Yeah. Because it's like a direct translation. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started with that, and that seemed to take off, and then that kind of like built in, on itself mm-hmm. into other products and whatever, and onwards. But yeah. you could just tell us the story of how you discovered watercolor as a thing because you you went to RISD right Mm -hmm. and they didn't teach it there I mean they did in the illustration department but not in your department no what were you studying textiles textiles actually watercolor was not really a medium they really uh respected right (laughs) exactly (laughs) yeah I don't know why I know it's weird um yeah it's weird I think they I think they thought it was too illustration mm-hmm. or commercial or no I don't know yeah it when I was in the painting department it was mostly oils and acrylics mm-hmm. and you'd done that since you were a teenager yeah yeah since high school yeah um, and I loved oil painting but it is completely different from watercolor mm-hmm. um, I happened on watercolor so I was working at the time at um, a large corporate fashion company here in town and I was the only person on the team that was creating original artwork mm-hmm. that sometimes made it into fabrics for our um, for our clothing line so I it was wonderful to have those days where I really could just sit at my desk for eight hours and paint why did they let you do that because sometimes we needed original artwork versus vintage work or designs that patterns that we bought from other companies. And they um, knew that uh, you did that, mm-hmm. that you made stuff. Right. Yeah. They knew that I had a painting background, so that I could just um, create whatever it is that's more custom to what we needed. Mm-hmm. So, so I was playing around with different mediums um, and. A friend of mine, actually, who also went to RISD, worked there as well, and 
he was an illustrator. He did a lot of watercolor. And I was like, well, you know, I've never tried watercolor. I did a lot of gouache painting, but I was just, it was too flat for me. It was yeah. like, I don't know. Not just alive like, enough. Yeah, it was just too graphic, and it was just like, ah, all the layers, and yeah. I don't know. I think it just took too long, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. And um, so, and I was really in a creative rut. Um, I really, I really had one, I really started to feel like I needed to go back to painting again. And so I kind of did it as like a sideline hobby and just a creative outlet from work. And um, he took me out one day and we just like sat in the park and painted. Mm. And it was a really frustrating medium in the beginning. I hated it. Mm. It was like, I don't understand what's happening. I'm a big control freak. Yeah. I'm very OCD about things. I think most small business owners are. Yeah. Um, so I, I couldn't control anything. Mm. And it was like all over the place and I didn't understand like the bleeds and how to work with it and not work with it actually. Uh, but after a while, it kind of just clicked. I think there was a moment where he was like, okay, so we're gonna take, you're gonna dip your brush once for this whole painting, you're gonna dip it once in pigment. Yeah. And that is all the pigment you're allowed to use for this entire piece but you have to use water to dilute yeah. it into different areas. And so it really pushed me into like learning about how to use water to really mm. like make it come alive and do what it does best. And it just like, I don't know, it just like clicked with me one day and I was like, whoa, this is really cool. You can, mm. a little bit of pigment can go so far. You can really push the range of opacity mm. and, um, versus um, opaqueness with it. And it was just, um, it was really cool. Mm. Translucency versus something super dense. Yeah. I think it was really neat about it, so. I feel like if your life was a movie, that yeah. moment would be like a montage of you getting frustrated with a bunch of materials <laughs> and there would be this. And then a light bulb? Yoda moment where he's like, <laughs> Just dip the brush once. <laughs> <laughs> and then a light bulb goes, ding. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> that would be really cheesy. But I like, no, it would be. Uh, but I like. But it your, did really, yeah, it did click with me like that. Yeah. I think what's interesting about your paintings is that they are very controlled chaos. Yes. Yeah. That's I, such a good way of describing yeah. it. And I love that because you can see there's such intentionality. The borders are, you know, uh, stark contrast. Mm -hmm but then there's all kinds of life and stuff yeah. happening within yes. all the shapes. Yeah. Well, you need, you need rules. Mm -hmm. I need boundaries to work within, but also to push out of. Yes. I need that, the two together working with each other, mm. pushing and pulling one way or the other, um, between being completely free and having rules to work within. Yes. And I um, talk to people all the time about running towards, uh, you know, where you hit a brick wall or a, or a contradiction or an obstacle because it forces you to make a decision. So all these yeah. rules and everything, you're, right. yeah, it helps that flow, I yes. think, yeah. Or else the possibility is... Is overwhelming, overwhelming. and can be terrible. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, that's why I love painting abstracts mm -hmm. because I love geometry. Yeah. And I love that there's grids that I have to abide by, yes, yeah. but I don't paint with a ruler or tape in most cases, mm. unless they're edges. Um, so I like that I have rules that I have to paint in, but I paint with a brush so the shapes are in itself organic, but they make into patterns like hexagonal shapes mm. or whatever. I don't know. It's a really yeah. interesting, um, what's the word? It's an interesting dance between the two, mm -hmm. and I like to flip-flop. And it's very, like, evident. It seems like a big part of your process. Mm -hmm. uh, so one of the things I see a lot is, like, people get out of school, and they want to go straight into being an artist or be, being yeah. whatever. <laughs> and I wonder, did you think that the anonymity that you had... Uh, being in this corporate environment, in-house design, no one knew you were working there, you know, in terms of your art on the outside. Yeah. Do you think that that was a safe place for you to mess around and make stuff that you wouldn't have made under your own name, like people watching you? Like, I wonder if you would have, mm. if you went, if you would have went right from RISD to starting your own business, oh. whether you would have had the, 
the safety the to oh, mess that's around really with watercolor and yeah. Because you were probably that's trying a, really a bunch of things. That's a really interesting perspective. I never thought of it that way, but I think there is a connection. Mm. I don't think it has to do with safety. Right. I think it has to do with a desperation for being creative again. Oh, I think yeah. I was so suppressed in terms of being a creative person mm. that I kind of just like did whatever. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I need to just start somewhere and I don't really care where it is mm. or what I'm doing. I just need to start somewhere and go with it. Yeah. And that's kind of how I just started my business. I mm. just kind of jumped into it. I knew that I loved watercolor and I wanted to paint. And then whatever came out of that was okay with me. Mm -hmm. um, at least it was something that I tried and wouldn't have regrets yeah. with later on. But mm. yeah, I don't, I don't know if it was a safety thing. But were you making stuff that you knew no one would know you made? No. Like, oh, if you, well, like I mean the general public. Like if they bought it in the store. You mean when I was at my full-time job? Yeah. I really wasn't making very much at all. Right, okay. Um, aside from learning to paint with watercolor, yeah. I really wasn't making very much okay. of things. Yeah. I was more saving of money because yeah. I was planning <laughs> yep. on leave. And then I left. And then that was, that's when I was like, okay, I have the time. I'm going to start <laughs> making things. All these ideas swimming in my head kind of just like. How much were out. you making stuff compared to how much you make stuff now? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I was making so much more stuff. Right. I think. Yeah. That's my first impression because I had so much more time to paint. So what's your the time spent now doing? Running the business. Right. <laughs> yeah, I understand that. Um, talking to clients and um, I do spend a fair amount of time designing hmm. for client work and products and whatever, but actually painting, maybe 20% of my time, mm -hmm. maybe. Yeah. Probably it's more like 10 Do you like, is that... A balance that's fine with you? No. No. I would love for it to be flip-flopped, and I'm mm. working towards that. It's incredibly challenging building a small business, especially a creative one, because we're all, so, we're all such individuals, mm. so we all have very different ways of building a business. So there's no manual for how to do things. True. And because of that, um, I'm trying to figure out my process and my timeline in terms of when my business should grow and how it should grow. Mm. So, but I'm hoping to get to a point where I can walk into the office and everybody has their job in running, help, helping me run this business and I can just sit on my desk and paint. Mm -hmm. You know, I have a set of projects in front of me that I know I need to work on and painting is my primary focus for the day. Yep. So I'm working towards that, but I think in the near future that's not realistic right um so yeah so what can you tell us a little bit about what your business looks like on a day-to-day -day basis now like what kind of stuff are you spending your time on i'm just interested in like know. uh you know because you do a lot of products but you also do collaborations with brands and then mm -hmm. client work how do you what does it look like to juggle all of that what are you doing on monday on tuesday like what is it what does it look like <laughs> Um, I do a lot of things. Emails take up a lot of time. Yeah. So I kind of just only designate certain days to emails. That's good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or else it would take over my life yes, and I yeah. would get nothing done. Yep. Um, I definitely can't do this alone. I learned that about two years ago. Actually, mm. I knew that three years ago. Right. <laughs> um, you can't do this alone. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's a mix of answering emails and looking over agreements and consultation meeting phone conversations with clients and then figuring out planning out new products um figuring out new packaging design and oh my gosh it's everywhere and then throw throw tax and payroll into that no, no don't say taxes if you're a freelancer i feel like tax is one of your main trigger words yes I hear tax, it is such like, a gosh, payroll is my new trigger right. word yeah. <laughs> i'm like i can imagine uh, <laughs> um so that's fun yeah um what do you like about the business side is I, there any part of it that you like that maybe you yeah. didn't expect to like or um 
or even I certainly know way too much about taxes that I've never expected <laughs> to know. Yeah. Or uh, care to know. Gosh, I told you to quit saying that word. <laughs> Sorry, trigger word. Um, I love that I have full control mm. over where it goes. That is the true freedom of yes. running your own business. Yes. Is that you can take it wherever you want. Well, with certain constraints, but you mm. can, for the most part, control how you want to shape your business. I think that's really interesting. I actually really like understanding, like, I don't know if it's psychology is the right word, or just figuring out, like, what people like and don't like and mm. how to market ourselves and brand this business and how to, I don't know, how to allocate, like, time to certain parts of the business but balance, but not put all my eggs in one basket. Yeah. It's so a complex puzzle. It's solve. a, re- it's a yeah. really big puzzle, but it's really interesting mm. um, sometimes. <laughs> yeah, it, it, you know, as long when it when things are rough, it's stressful. But yeah. when they're not, it can feel really fluid and, you know, lots of things happening and you can shift your energies and, uh, yeah. you know, do you feel, I feel like a lot of times like, artists get hung up with this idea of their work being all about them. And do you feel that your work is just as much like a collaborative thing with the people who want it? Like you're taking influence by what oh, they're definitely. liking? Yeah. Yeah. And you're comfortable with that. You said you like right. that. Well, I love that. Yeah. I love that I have both. I mm-hmm. love that I have the product side. This is intentional where it's almost hundred percent my perspective and what I want. Yeah. And then I have the client side where I work with clients, especially with our brides for our wedding uh, invitations. It's a it's definitely a collaborative uh, collaborative process mm. where they tell me what they need and I take I spend my take on it. And yeah, those are the best projects. There's gonna be some coffee pouring right now, so <laughs> that's what that is. You're not gonna have any, I guess. This is my whole yes. pot. I've already yeah. I've already had a cup. Right. You can go to town on that. Yeah. Um, but I, I love that about doing client work is it a lot of times it pushes me mm. into doing things that I never thought of before. Yeah. Um, and that's really cool. And most of the time I, I love the end result. It's very, it's very surprising and unexpected. Mm. So I like that I, I like that I've structured my business to have both. Yes. But it also makes for a very chaotic, um, a even more complicated juggle or puzzle yeah. to put together because we have income coming in in a lot of different places and mm-hmm. a lot of different systems have to be built to accommodate all of it. Yeah. So. Do you um, get bored easily? Yes, yeah. which is why I have my own business. I know. That's, <laughs> and what, also, that's what I'm getting at. Yeah. yeah. Also, why I like being a business owner is because I never do the same thing for longer than like three yeah. hours. Unless it's painting, which I love. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what I didn't like about having a full-time job um, designing for a corporate company. It was just, I felt like I was doing the same thing over and over a year, year in and a year out. And it wasn't, really wasn't pushing me to grow and mm. wasn't learning anything new. So this, on the other hand, has, I feel like I've grown significantly every year yeah. in different ways. When it was just myself, I learned so much about customer service and how to relate with other people, talk with clients, read legal documents, like running a business really in general. And then hiring someone on, I've learned now how to be a boss, how to delegate, how to um, focus on the things that I want to do versus trying to do everything, which is not possible with one person. Yeah. So, yeah. I think what I hear you saying, and it's, I get the question all the time. I have another podcast uh, that I make for an app that pays me to do that. It's called Ask a Freelancer. And I get that question all the time of, should I be a freelancer? You know, what Mm. what is the freelancer like? Or or should I start my own business? And I do find that those those two things seem to 
the qualities of people that have to do their own thing, which is they need autonomy to make decisions on their own, mm -hmm. uh, and they also get bored easily. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> they don't take they don't take um, directions very well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, especially <laughs> if it's. I think that there's something for me. It's at least connected to feeling. There's something when you're challenged. Uh, there's something that feels meaningful about that, and when you're not, it's that monotony, that meaninglessness that just makes you go freaking crazy. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. That's True. definitely okay if that's what you're looking for. Lots of people are actually totally fine yes. in that zone, and yeah. that's totally fine. That's great. Yes. Actually, I'm happy. I'm like, good. Yes. We don't need all these cr people like us being <laughs> crazy yes. and starting their own thing. You have to be a little time. crazy. Yeah, you do. I think you do. Mm -hmm. um, I hate replying to emails when people ask me that with that sentence. Yeah. Because I feel like it gives them the wrong impression. Right. But I think it's the honest truth that you have to be a little bit, not um, crazy maybe is the wrong word, but yeah. you have to be really passionate about mm -hmm. what you are trying to do. Like yeah. you have to love it 120% mm -hmm. because there are a lot of days where it's really grueling and really hard. Yes. And those are the moments where you have to remind yourself why you're doing what you're mm -hmm. doing. Why are you doing what you're doing? Because I love painting. Mm. I love it. It gives me so much joy when I'm in the zone and I'm creating something totally unique on paper um, that's totally mine and I get to see it come to life. Mm. Um, I don't know why. I just yeah. love it. It mm. just makes me really happy yeah um and back to it being a very meditative thing for me it definitely is and it's also very therapeutic yes so through every aspect of my life from when i was really small i've been drawing and painting and it's always been the thing in my life that has helped me through issues and life struggles and everything yeah so that's why i do what i do yeah or else I would get a normal be <laughs> nine easier. to five job. It I'm would sure. be so much easier. Mm. Um, but it's not about that yeah. for me. I want to wake up knowing that I worked really hard at something that I'm proud of and that I really do love. Yes. I have a friend uh, named Will Bryant who's an illustrator, and he had this lettering piece that said, I make stuff because if I don't, I get sad. And... Yeah. I, I feel that way all the time. I've noticed recently even though uh, or that there's a direct correlation between when there's a when in a day I've made something I'm excited about, those are my best days. So I trust try to do that more days. Uh, I don't know what it is, but there's something mm -hmm. there's a level of I'm sure there's part of it that's even unhealthy. I don't know of like I did a thing today that was worth something. Yeah. And I really am happy that I made something. Yes. Yeah. It's exhilarating. It is. I love those days. Me too. That's why I want more of them. <laughs> yes. So what are um, you going to do? Um, what Do you have like a plan to take it to the next level, get more employees more, yeah. and all that? I do. I'm actually in the early stages of trying to gather more information as to what I'm looking for, but I would love to hire... Um, a third person on this year. That's my big goal for the year. Yeah. I really think it's time. Yeah. Um, because I spend so much of my time running the business, I don't have enough time to create new work. And when I do, it's not long enough to really become something that I'm, I just feel like, yes, this is yeah. it. Yeah. I, I kind of get there and I feel like if I had the time to paint two more versions of this, then it could be something like even better, Yes. Yeah. but I don't have the time to get there mm. because it takes, you know, as a creative, it takes what a day, two days, a week just yeah. to get into the zone. Yes. Yeah. True. And then, and then you need another week to be in that zone and to mm -hmm. like figure things out because your ideas are like swimming all over the place and you yeah. got to put it down on paper and then sort it through. So takes a long time to get the, to get to anywhere really amazing. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you know, for creative stuff to happen, to creativity to really happen, it requires time and space yes. where there is no where you know 
the outcome is not needed quickly. Yes. And there, it needs to grow organically. And yes. I think, I keep saying to people. And you can't uh, force it. No, you can't force it. You have to follow it and it needs its space to breathe. And and I think that is a tricky thing when you're uh, in the commercial world is there's a lot of time where there's a deadline. Right. Like, okay, you don't, it's done. Right. There it is. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I, I know. I know, it could have been so much better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's tough. But I think an interesting principle there that is really great is another thing. If you're listening and you're thinking, should I be a freelancer? Should I start my own business? I think if your motivation is more money, I would say no. Yeah. <laughs> if your motivation is, how do I create more time and space over my lifetime, creating the most, the maximum time and space to create? Because that's what it sounds like you're doing. Yeah. Where every year you're trying to build in yes. more time in that zone. Yeah. So true. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. So, um, okay, that's pretty much all I had, but one, well, one last question is if you were, I know there's a lot of people that would like to have a similar type of business to you doing art prints and paintings Mm -hmm. and, um, in that world, what's the biggest, uh, piece of advice that you could give someone who's thinking about going into that or is in it and is struggling to make it work? What's, what's something that... Uh, you wish you would have known before you got started? Um, well, one, don't research too much into it or else you'll be too freaked out to even start. <laughs> and you have to start somewhere. Yeah, true. Yep. So <laughs> I did very little research and I was like, I'm just going to do it and see Ignorance what happens. Ignorance is powerful. Yes. Totally. I mean, not. I don't mean to give off the impression that I literally just quit my job and I'd done no research and I just kind of did it. Of course, mm. I did all the legal stuff with registering as a business yeah, yeah. and all the paperwork and figuring out a boilerplate for contracts and all of that stuff. But I didn't spend months like obsessing about every little thing yeah. that I could possibly come across. Yeah. Um, because that I think would have been too debilitating for me. Mm-hmm. I would have been too freaked out. Research is often a, a form of procrastination. Oh yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, my biggest form of research in starting this business was listening to Debbie Millman's podcast. Fantastic. What a big because thing. it was really great, like we're doing today. Like it was really great just to hear about all these different creative stories because mm-hmm. they're all so different. And yeah. it was it was good to know. It was comforting to know that there's so many different avenues of getting there. Yeah. Um I would say you have to ask yourself how much you love doing this. Mm. Like, you really that have to love it so much. Yes. Um, and I think, I don't know, I'm a big believer that as long as you love what you do and it's something you work really hard at it because you're passionate about sharing it with other people um, and you work hard every day to get to that goal, I think it will be successful on its own time. Yeah. I think... The internet is an amazing phenomenon where it's crazy, like the type of inquiries that I've gotten from different places. Yeah. Um, Just because your work is out there. So put your work out there and you have to just, but I do think that the main thing is how much do you love doing this? Mm -hmm. And if you haven't taken a business class, it's probably a good idea. (laughs) I'm saying this from a person who didn't. (laughs) And was like, what's a boilerplate? (laughs) I don't even know what that is. And then, you know, taxes and figuring out packaging costs and all of that that comes with retail. I mean, there's so much. And I think, I definitely think it's also a process and mm. to not be too hard on yourself to think that it's all going to happen in one day because it's not. Yep. Everything, when it's built from scratch, takes a lot of time um, to come together, to make those systems, um, to figure out. And so I think it's okay to um, pat yourself on the back sometimes and mm. say, Hey, you know, this is really hard what I'm doing and I just have to take it one day at a time, but that's really good. I think, you know, one thing that helped me early on, you know, the first couple of years, you, I just spent so much time kind of beating myself up about different struggles that I was having of like making it work. And I think one thing that helped me was 
getting connected with people that are starting small businesses out of the creative realm and just having I because I think in creativity a lot of the people that are doing well make it look so easy right they <laughs> yeah. make it look like it's the f- most the fanciest oh. just easiest yeah it just happens and it's and it's a you know a celebration every day and getting <laughs> to know that uh, that's funny that, that um oh. that Small businesses, you know, the amount of small businesses that fail, the amount, the amount that aren't profitable for the first several years, yes. like all these things of like what, just what you said, what you're doing is a significantly difficult undertaking. Yes. And you know, to give yourself credit when you do something well, um, mm-hmm. or you make any progress in that in that realm, even if it's really small, no one else knows yeah. about it except yes. you. Yeah. Um, that does remind me of another piece of advice, which is to keep your overhead cost low. Yeah. Especially if you're starting out as a freelancer or doing a business like... See ya. Uh, mine. Hi. You don't need that much to start. Yeah. Yeah. That's good advice. And I think it's really smart to do this because you don't know what it is that people are going to gravitate towards. You yes. don't really know in the beginning... You kind of just have to throw a bunch of different things at the wall and just yes. see what happens. Mm-hmm. So it's not worth investing a lot of money in expensive equipment. Because in the end, they're just equipment. They're just tools. Yeah. Like what is going to come through is the quality of your work. Mm-hmm. And you don't need fancy tools for that. True. Yeah. I mean, ha- get a good scanner. Yeah, true. <laughs> Definitely get a good scanner. Yeah. <laughs> but other than that, you don't need a lot of fancy things. Mm. And so, but I've... One of the things I'm most proud of in building this business, I can't believe it's been almost five years, um, going on five years now, is that... Congrats. I, That's awesome. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. I didn't have to take a loan out for any part mm-hmm. of this. Yes. Every part of this business and the space that we're sitting in today... Which is amazing. Everything that you see here was um, built by the money that I made... Just grassroots building. Grassroots, totally. Brick by brick, Mm -hmm. um, little by little. And I love that because it forces me not to grow too quickly. Yes. And I think that seems like a common problem with small businesses. Um, True, yeah. They get this investment or they take out a loan and there's all this pressure for growth. And And incredible opportunities. Yeah, right. Right? (laughs) I mean, they are incredible. Right, yeah. Um, But the problem is... Those opportunities are very attractive, but sometimes you miss building up the foundation to that. And so yeah. then what happens is you don't have a good foundation and things that gets built on top of that doesn't work so well mm-hmm. in the long term. And I'm looking at this in the long run. I'm not looking to make a business happen for five, ten years. Yeah. This is it for me. Like yeah. I want to do this until I can't anymore. Mm-hmm. And whatever that means. I don't know what this is going to look like in 30 years. Yeah. I don't even know what it's going to look like in two yeah. more years. But what I'm saying is because I didn't take out any loan of any sort, I didn't have um, investors backing me, I didn't take out um, a bank loan. Yep. I'm really proud of everything that I've built this with. And it takes me and it gives me full autonomy to yes. continue growing in the way that I want to grow because I don't have anybody that I need to. Um, what's the word, respond to yeah, you or... Have, you don't have to answer to anybody. Answer yeah. to anyone. And I love that because so. I think you're describing... My experience has been the same, and it's mm-hmm. what I would tell other people to do is yeah. see it as in this ongoing experiment right. where you're trying... Early on, you're trying to see what sticks. And you, I think if you have that... And be open-minded to yes. what doesn't stick. True. Yeah, totally. But I Being think okay that, with that you're... Uh, I love that idea of that experimental openness mm-hmm. that you're talking about yeah. and building, going where it leads you rather yeah. than now right. you have this loan and you have to answer to someone yes. who needs a profit, which is going to kill you your think, creativity. Yeah, because you think you know what you want this business yeah. to be. I thought my business was going to be Pisanki egg right. and I would not be here today if I continued doing that. Just think if you got a loan to, <laughs> to, to kickstart that. that. I know. Yeah. It, no. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> but, awesome. But, right, and I think growing too quickly is another thing that a lot of people make the mistake of and yep. um, that I'm probably too overly cautious of, but I'm very, I'm very aware of that. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that's awesome. Because I only grow when I have, when I'm able to generate enough income to grow. Yeah. So. I feel like me you should check. try to be kind of bursting at the seams for every growth. Like you, where you're. You should. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Like I talked about hiring my first time, my first employee, full-time employee about a year and a half before I actually hired someone. Yes. Because I was just bursting at the seam and I just, it, it got to the point where it's just like, I, I have to hire someone. Yeah. This isn't going to happen anymore. Was that I've overwhelming doing that? It was. Yeah. It was. I'm so glad I did it. It was very scary mm. to do, just as it's very scary for me to hire another one on now. But I'm really glad I did it because it, it gave me room to do things that I wasn't able to do before. Mm-hmm. And now I feel like I'm back in that place again yep. where there's still a lot of things I want to do, but I just don't have the time to do it. Yeah. So. And that's an ebb and flow rhythm of the business. Yeah, that's awesome. And I think it's also another interesting note because uh, I think because you have parts of your business that can scale, like selling prints and things yes. like a lot of people that are illustrators, more purely illustrators mm-hmm. are working on commission to commission and right. there isn't that margin to get employees mm-hmm. always because it's yes. always directly related to the oh, time so they true. spend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think it's interesting to know the difference of what kind of business you're in. Yeah. That's yeah. a very interesting point because I think of at the top of my head, I think of Lisa Congdon yeah. who is a full-time illustrator, true. but she does have a full-time employee recently. Recently, that's yeah. true. Yeah. So you're right. There, it is a different uh, business model, but she has a lot of things that can scale too because she does a lot of classes and, and she does you know, books and and books. Yeah. Right. So it's yeah. not just purely illustration jobs. I think it's I think it's tricky if you're working commission to commission. It's a tricky thing to have that enough margin to to hire somebody. But I don't know. I think that's true. Yeah. I think yes. I think that's true. But you can always branch out to products to help with that. I don't know. It just depends on what you want. Yeah, I mean, uh, I recently birthed a human being. Congrats. (laughs) Thank you. He's really cute. Man, I can't. (laughs) (laughs) That was five months ago. He's really cute. That's awesome. but that's really like thrown like a whole new thing into my business um, mm-hmm. in a direction that I never really had to deal with before. Um, but because I've had to say no to so many projects in the last couple of months, yeah. it's the first time in like four years, which, four or five years, which I'm really grateful for that I've had consistent work yeah. up until this point, but where it's like, okay, what's going on, you know? And yeah. it's very um, uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And like we What were kind of about, thoughts come through your head? Oh man, am I gonna have a business <laughs> yeah. in a year? <laughs> Is this gonna continue yeah. to happen? Oh my gosh. Um, how do I pay all the bills? Am I gonna be irrelevant? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that should be another yeah, trigger that's word. Yeah. Uh, that's because is no one going to know about me anymore mm-hmm. because I'm not constantly out in the internet sphere? Yep. I think that's not realistic. No. Uh, because there's always new work to be mm-hmm. done. Um, but it feels that way. True. And so I panic when there's not enough work and I panic when there's too much work because yeah. there's not enough time to do it. Yep. So I think, but I think that's just the nature of having a small business is you just, you can't ever be too comfortable. You're in control I mean, of the ship and it's on your head. Mm-hmm. Too, yeah. So it's you're a, totally responsible yes. for it, um, but yeah, I mean that's why we run small businesses, right? Right. Is because for like we didn't want. It's a, for I mean, part of the thrill right. is why it's not boring. Yeah. yeah. So you can't be comfortable because if it's comfortable, then <laughs> it's, it's not boring. interesting anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we always complain sure, about it. I know. Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> but I I had the same thing happen in 2016. So 2015, I was so busy that I thought I need to do this differently because right. I'm just. I hate, I was like, you were hating your I was life. Hating it. You were hating just, your job. I was hating it. I, I was like, felt that way too. Yeah. Yeah. Where I was so busy and I felt like I, everybody, all these clients owned me and I've just yes. felt like I was sat in front of the computer all the yes. time and it was driving me nuts. So in 2016, I thought I'm going to lean into the podcast. I'm going to create my own class and I got mm-hmm. an agent and I thought oh, they'll nice. help me weed out projects Yes. and then and get better the deals, yeah, exactly. yeah. which all that happened, right. thankfully. Yeah. Great. That sounds However, this is, the, this is uh-huh. the twist in the plot is that he helped me 
get uh, say no to a lot of projects mm-hmm. that were not great deals. Mm-hmm. Uh, he got um, better deals for me, but because I'm less busy, even though out of choice, yeah. I still in my heart I'm like it's over. <laughs> I know. It's so dramatic, but it is. It's there, it, it is, is totally crazy. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I guess there's, I, I do think for me, I've tried to, you articulated it really well, sensibly. I'm probably more extreme and emotional than you. Where No, I'm, I'm very inside and very panicked about it. Yeah. I, but I try to think, uh, I do think it's a good note of like trying to find some contentment within that roller coaster, separating yourself from it and be like, this is why you do this. Because it's crazy and it's up and down roller coaster. Yes. And yeah. But also, it's it's good to have these pauses. I mean, it mm-hmm. makes me panic, but I think in the long um, term, looking back, I'm going to say that it's a good thing that I had this time because I can finally do the things that I've never had time to do. Yes. Like regroup my thoughts and figure out what I want out of this year or mm. in the next five years and give me a bigger perspective of the direction that I want to go. Yep. Um, and it gives me more time to paint. Yep. Like I have to be grateful for that because yes. it's the one thing I always talk about that I want. And so more time. Why did I have more time? And now that I have more time, I'm like, oh Why my do God. I have so much time? <laughs> that was so funny. And I, I think that hindsight, there's a, there's a wisdom so that I'm trying to extract the hindsight of looking back five years when I was first getting started and thinking, you're panicked because a billion different things aren't going right. right. You know, you're trying to get everything up and running. Uh, but then you look back and you're like, man, what a great time. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I know. Yeah. It's so true. 20, 2015, 2016, I was so busy yeah. and I hated it yeah. during because I was yeah. constantly you're stressed. stressed and yeah. Yeah. But then you look back, you're like, like wow, wow, how fun was I that? did. <laughs> the projects that came out, it was so I great. Know, yeah. I did so much. That's how I'm trying. I'm trying to do that too of like in the moment, whatever the ebb and flow of it is, being like appreciate it. It's a different thing than what you just had. It'll be different than what's coming and yeah. I think it's something you only, it only comes with experience that you feel more confident about this process. Yes. It's it's definitely ebb and flow. It comes and it goes and you, Mm. the more, the longer you do this, the more you recognize that pattern and you're, at least for me, I'm a little more comfortable. Yeah, At least I can too. say to myself, I'm pretty sure this isn't like yeah. the end of my business. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's yeah. going to be an upswing at some point. Yeah. I just, I can do these things while that happens. And maybe by doing these things, it will help Turn that into, happen. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. I, you, I get the same with being creative. Right. It's the Me same. Too. Yes. The ebb and flows of like a cre- really creative season. And, and then just a like in a rut. And, and like... Yeah creative block you're just like I can't nothing's coming I don't know Mm -hmm. it's over (laughs) yes and I think trusting whichever one you're in is a good is a good rule but uh there was one tangent that I wanted to go off of with that this always happens too they're used to it it's okay uh, what was it but uh, I really wanted to say you were saying about oh I got it uh that you so maybe this stuff is so one of the things I keep running into right is that I feel like I know a lot of things yeah. that uh, help my business be successful, mm-hmm. but they're kind of indirect, right? They're not, mm-hmm. uh, they, I think a lot of people are uncomfortable with what I would call marketing because they're, they're indirect marketing. There are all kinds of different weird things that I do mm-hmm. that I do think contribute to me getting work. Mm-hmm. And so I wonder if five years in, when you're in that lull, do you feel confident that you know some things that you can do that help generate that mm-hmm. momentum? Yeah. Yeah, what are they? Well, creating new work. Yeah, true. Um, <laughs> it sounds so silly. It is, no, but that's my point exactly. <laughs> because it sounds, I think there's... Like, duh. Everybody yeah. wants this secret marketing technique where it's like, oh, and then you get this mark, you know, this email list and you hammer this, you do this particular thing. And I'm like, probably the main thing is self-generated work. Just make more stuff. Just make more stuff. Get busy. Yeah. Yeah. And people will see more stuff, especially for like our social media, the, the people that follow us on social media, 
they respond best when I post new work. Yeah. When it's my paintings and yep. versus like a finished product or um, like or anything like that. They want to get in the zone of me painting and see the process of me creating something. Mm -hmm. So I think in terms of marketing, um, definitely getting back into painting again, mm. I know will work. Yes. Um, I don't know, I'm still figuring out. I mean, reaching out to, for potential work and to, for potential clients is something I don't do, I haven't done a lot of, yeah. but I think is, is important. But you know you could do that. Yes, yeah. and I think, for example, being on more blogs, mm -hmm. um, doing some blog features and being on wedding directory uh, for blogs, that's important yep. because it gives more eyeballs to people seeing our work. Yeah. So, but these are all the things that I really think hiring a third person they can do for me. Right. <laughs> I mean, so it's nice to that. think about yeah. these things. It's it's good. It's good to think about these things. But I really would prefer if someone could just to think of them for me. <laughs> yeah. That way, I could just focus on making making the work. The work yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right. That's awesome. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm glad we added that. All right. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks, Yao, for being on the podcast. It was brilliant to have you. You're amazing. Go check her workout, Yao Cheng. So good. Beautiful, beautiful stuff. Go get some uh, beautiful artwork to put in your house. You won't regret it. Uh, don't forget, deadline for the MFBA is this Friday. Get in or be out. Uh, <laughs> and come visit us at the Midwest CraftCon. Don't forget, you got a coupon. It's PEP for 20% off. Woo! That's fantastic. Guys, thank you so much for listening. I truly, truly appreciate it. Thanks to our syndicate, Illustration Age. You can find this show at illustrationage.com slash talk. Thanks to... My man, Yoni Wolf, and his band, Y, for our theme music. They have some new tracks. Go check out those songs on Spotify. They're super good. They got an album coming out soon. Cannot wait for that. Thanks to Nate Utesh and his band, Metavari, for all the other tunes. Uh, you can find them at soundcloud.com slash Metavari. Thank you guys for all the love and support of the podcast. I will be back next week with more pep for your step. Until then, stay pepped up. <laughs>